Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. As you can see by the title of today's episode is about COVID-19 once again. Is COVID-19 accelerating the demise of the CRA? So the topic of this episode uh, was sparked by someone who reached out to me um, via email or text, uh, one or the other, uh, for, you know, they you can ask questions if you're interested in having your question answered, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. Um, also, if you're interested in resume reviews or any type of prep to get into the clinical research industry, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. Um, there's been a big increase in people that have been reaching out to have their resumes looked at and interview prep um, just because a lot of people are at home, have more time, and are looking for that next jump post-corona. So let's go on and get into the, to the nitty-gritty of this episode. Um, so this person emailed in. Um, they said, hey, so I had an internal meeting at my CRO, and my CEO thinks that monitors will no longer exist, and that, will probably, and that we will probably be doing risk-based monitoring. Do you think this can happen? So there's a lot of misconceptions um, just off of this question alone. So, so for one, the CEO saying that monitors will no longer exist, what kind of time frame are they talking are they talking right now? Are they talking right after coronavirus in a couple months? Are they talking, you know, in, in this video, this episode is created on April 8th, just so you guys know. This is recorded on April 8th. So are they talking, you know, in a couple months, we're talking May, June, where CRAs aren't going to exist? Are they talking, you know, in a few years? So I, I do think that um, obviously, no, CRAs aren't going anywhere right now, uh, today, next month, two months. Um, but there are going to be some changes from coronavirus. And a lot of people are experiencing them where CRAs are not traveling, which is the big, which is a huge part of the job, being able to travel and go on site and make sure things are being uh, run accordingly on site. Um, and if people are, you know, getting used to working remotely, they're getting the infrastructure built up to work remotely. Companies are forced because a lot of companies were scared to have people work remotely and to and they and I think a lot of companies are seeing just how um, how do I say just how great people actually work from home and how much people actually enjoy it when they're working remotely. Um, you don't have to deal with traffic. You don't have to deal with the headaches of the traffic. Um, cuts a lot of commute time. Um, reduces the wear and tear on your car. Uh, less gas you need to get around. Just a lot more freedom. Can actually work more hours because you don't have to commute time. So there's a whole lot of benefits. I've done countless episodes on this you can go check them out um so yeah i mean and and then the second thing that they talk about is the risk-based monitoring so risk-based monitoring is a type of monitoring it combines remote monitoring it combines yes traditional monitoring where monitors go on site and review data it, there that is a component of risk-based monitoring um and it combines other tools that you can do to assess the risk of certain data points across the study and and at particular sites, because um, different sites have different capabilities, but you can assess the risks of different data points um, at, at these different sites and determine what of these data points needs to be monitored. So before I was a CRA, understanding risk-based monitoring, you know, it didn't quite make complete sense, but after I'm, I've been a CRA for a while now, it makes sense. Um, there's different data point, you know, each data point, blood pressure, um, height, weight, these are data points. So risk-based monitoring is essentially uh, 
you know, those are data points among others, but risk-based monitoring is essentially saying, okay, this data point is important to monitor. So the height, maybe at this visit, you know, let's say like a, you know, a week 12 visit, maybe that data point of height is not, is not, does not need to be verified at that visit. Um, for example, most people don't change height over the course of weeks or months. So maybe you only need to look at height at the randomization visit and never again for the rest of the study. So that's an example of risk-based monitoring where you are assessing the risk of each data point and determining at what time these data points need to be monitored. That's all it is. So it's combining traditional monitoring. Yes, monitors will still go on site. Why? Because a monitor's role is not just um, to, you know, is not just to mess around on site. Uh, there's important roles that stuff that you cannot replicate. One, um, relationship with PI, relationship with study staff. That is improved when you're going face to face. It just is. Um, two, fraud. Monitor. One of the main roles of a monitor is detect fraud. Um, if so, if someone's coming there looking through your documents in person, it's a lot easier to detect fraud than remotely when so many things can be photoshopped, edited, marked out, crossed, um, things of that nature. So, you know, risk-based monitoring and remote monitoring are not going to completely eradicate the CRA completely. That is that is completely and patently false. Um, and, the, and the next thing, you know, I, I guess this person is worried about is their CEO. Well, the CEO can obviously make changes to their company um, and at a moment's notice. So they could say, you know what, we're going risk-based monitoring. We're going to decrease our CRAs. They can make that change instantaneously. But that's not that the industry is not going to do that instantaneously. That's one company. That's one CRO. And guess what? Guess who pays for the CRO? Guess who's the number one client of a CRO? Sponsors. So sponsors say, we want traditional monitoring. We don't like risk-based monitoring. Guess what the CRO is going to do? They're going to do whatever the sponsor tells them to do. So, and including that person's CEO. Now the CEO can then go and say, you know what? I only want to work with sponsors that want to do risk-based monitoring. We're going to double down on our risk-based monitoring capabilities. So we're only going to work with people that want risk-based monitoring. That's fine. Um, there are other CROs that are going to do the opposite. There are other CROs that are going to continue to do traditional monitoring. And other sponsors are going to want to continue to do traditional monitoring. Um, so, you know, that's that. But even with risk-based monitoring, doing 100% risk-based monitoring, the CRA is still a vital, vital piece. Um, now, a CRA is going to be able to manage more sites. Um, maybe a CRA is going to be both the remote monitor and the on-site monitor and be able to manage more sites that way. Uh, but the CRA is not going to go away. Uh, the CRA's role is just going to change a little bit differently. Um, that's all that's going to happen as far as I can see. Um, now, if you're trying to get rid of the monitor altogether... Um, there's probably some software that can do it, but still someone's going to have to do uh, IP accountability. It's, there's going to be a lot of innovation that's going to have to go on in, in the industry um, to really eradicate the CRA altogether, which is not going to happen for five years or longer, probably ever, really. Um, and that may sound ridiculous. ECRG, how can you say something's not going to happen forever? Um, it's because this industry takes a long time to phase things out. So as a lot of you guys know who've been listening to the channel, I went to East ACRP for the first time in 2019. That was actually a year ago today. April 2019 I went. And 
Um, they had all this different technology there, e-source documents, um, e-ISF documents, uh, or software p packages. You know, you can store all of your ISF binders on, on the internet and things of that nature. Look, they've had this technology for years and still most sites are not using it. Um, so you can just kind of see, you know, in, in the sites, they're trickled down from the CRO. The CRO will tell the sites, okay, you need to keep it paper. You need to do this. You need to do that. And then the CRO is taking their direction from the sponsor. So if the sponsors don't want stuff stored electronically, guess what? The site's not going to store electronically uh, if you want that study. Two, you know, a lot of sites may say, you know what? That's just our policy if you want to work with us. And you have more pull if you're like a Mayo Clinic, if you're one of the a Cleveland Clinic, if you're one of these huge um, site networks that does tons and tons of research, you can say, you know what, that's our policy. If you don't want to work with us, you don't have to work with us. They can say that. Um, but it just goes to show that so much technology is out there, but it's not being adapted by the industry because uh, industry change happens slow. Innovation happens fast, but change to adopt industry-wide happens slow. So that's just something to, to keep in mind to say, like all these platforms that could potentially mitigate the CRA's role, um, decrease the number of hours it takes for them to do stuff. It's, it's a long time for it to be adopted in this industry. This industry is very, very conservative and moves very, very slow when it comes to that. Um, so some of the changes I do see happening for um, CRAs and people that work with CRAs is um, the increase of remote work. I think... Like I've mentioned this before in my other episodes, I do think people are going to realize that they can work remotely, that they can do more remotely, that they actually like working remotely. So I do think we'll see policies change depending on how long this takes. I mean, it's April 8th today. It's April 8th today. Let's say this coronavirus stuff goes on until end of June. That's a long time. That's March, April, May, June. That's four, that's four months where people have been working completely from home. Um, you know, why would they want to go back in the office again after you work so long from home? So I think people are going to be more apt to want to work from home. And hence, your remote monitors, your remote monitoring team, your in-house CRAs, they're going to be able to work from home. They've been able to work from home. Um, it's not a job where you need to go into the office. Um a lot of the other jobs, clinical trial assistant, another one. You can do that job from home. You don't need to go into the office for that. Um, you can do a lot of these jobs from home, honestly, because most people, they're just going in the office and getting on a computer. Um, you know, we already are using phone, Skype, Zoom, these other things to conduct meetings and things of that nature. So, you know, I do think there's going to be an emphasis on working from home. Um, another thing that w we should see changed is, a lot of studies do not have an in-house CRA or a remote CRA or, you know, kind of a remote liaison on the clinical side. I think we'll start seeing that more. Why? Um, one, because if the CRA can't go on, on site and travel, you're going to want someone that is remotely in touch with the site, um, especially at the CRO level, because they like to separate um, the CRA from the in-house CRA. And they don't work to, as closely together, I think, as they should at a lot of places, at least. Of course, it's not true of everywhere. But um, they're going to they're gonna want um, to have a steady person, and that's that in-house CRA. Um, so I think we'll definitely see more of that. Um, 
Let me see what else. Yeah, I, I just I just don't see mon- I don't see coronavirus um, accelerating the demise of clinical re- research associates. I, I just don't see that happening. Um, I, in fact, I know for a fact what's going to happen is as soon as coronavirus is over, every single site is going to get bombarded with uh, monitoring visit requests for immediately, literally immediately. If, if coronavirus, if they say we can you know, go back out after Friday, expect some monitors wanting to come out to that site on that Monday. It's going to be that fast um, or that Tuesday. It's going to be that fast. So I know we'll see that. And we're going to get right back into the thick of things, um, you know, moving and grooving, doing our traditional monitoring. Um, now, I think for the future, I think people are going to remember this or studies that are coming up this year or protocols that are being written this year. I think we're going to see a contingency plan, a remote monitoring contingency plan, if something like this were to happen again, or they'll automatically just build it into the monitoring of the, the protocol where... Um, you know, monitoring visits are going to be conducted instead of every six weeks, maybe we'll do every 12 weeks and we'll have remote monitoring visits in between, which already is a, is a kind of a risk-based monitoring approach anyway. Um, but I do not see the on-site monitoring visit going anywhere anytime soon. Um, that's, I just don't. And if, if that call were to come, it'd have to be call, it'd have to be a call from the sponsors. And if you have any questions about coronavirus or just any questions in general, email me, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. Once again, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. All right, guys, take care.